0: hello everybody and welcome to the get peachy podcast if this is your first time listening welcome um i really really hope that you enjoy this topic today that we're going to be covering and if you do please, please, would you share your um, post on social media? So share this podcast on uh, social media, tag me and Rosie in it, just so we know that you've listened. And do please feel free to share to friends and family who might find this topic helpful also, because we want to make sure that we're providing the right support and education on this particular topic. So today we are going to be talking to you about C-section recovery or cesarean, Uh, birth, recovery, um, however you want to call it and I have the wonderful Rosie um, from Rosie May Physiotherapy on the podcast today and she is a pelvic health physio and she's going to be talking to us all about uh, cesarean births and cesarean recovery. We had quite a few questions come in from social media as well so that is what we're going to be covering today. I will pop all of the questions in the show notes as well so if you want to kind of skip forward a little bit to listen to a particular question then you absolutely can do. Uh, But without further ado Rosie thank you for coming on today. Can you just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, how long you've been working in this industry for?
1: Yeah, so thank you very much for having me Angie, um, I'm very excited to be here and talk all about this. Um, I'm Rosie, I'm a, what a is known as a pelvic health physiotherapist. Um, it's also known as a women's health physio or um, yeah, a pelvic physio and basically I'm interested in almost everything from the ribs down to the tops of the thighs and all of the anatomy, muscles, joints, and functions that are in that area um and so that involves your ribs your breathing your tummy how it's looking um your bladder control your bowel control any feeling of sort of heaviness or prolapse issues um any dysfunction with your sexual um, function um and yeah and I absolutely love it had you told me about 10 years ago that I'd be in this area I would have probably laughed I, I thought that I was going to be the type of physio that was running onto rugby pitches and you know <laughs> um doing that sort of thing but um I started my love of wanting to be a physio when I was about 16 um I was quite sporty myself um and I was rowing for GB at that time and became injured quite a lot and and had help from physios and then from from there I just realized that that was the sort of career that I wanted so spent the early part of my career probably five to six years in the sporting field dipping in and out of the NHS every now and again Um, and then about five years ago I moved to Bristol and joined a clinic and they were very keen to get me trained up to become a women's health physio. I was also part-time in the NHS as well and I just happened to be able to rotate into the women's health team in Bristol as well so I've now had about five to six years of experience in this area and what my real passion is now is helping um sort of sporty women or women that just which you know is is anyone it's anyone that wants to just be active with a baby you're having to do sort of sporting type movements and things um helping women go through their pregnancy if they are sporty um and also then come out the other side and you know achieve some of the goals that they want to be doing um as a mum so yeah that's what I do that's what I absolutely love
0: Amazing. Um, I have actually got a client as well who is one of those uh, physios who runs on the rugby pitch. So she will probably <laughs> listen to this as well. Um, but that's that's amazing that you you know transitioned into the uh, into the pelvic health um, world. And I know you know, from personal sort of looking into things, like the research is just constantly changing all the time as well and developing. And I know you're really into, you know, learning more and making sure you keep on top of the research, which is difficult. I mean, it's difficult in my industry as well. It's forever changing. Things are always changing. Um, I think a lot of the listeners listening to this will also be quite sporty and active and want to have, you know, that understanding and information around this topic. Um, because, you know, even for me, just I had a vaginal birth, but I really wanted to know, you know, what what am I doing after it? Like, what? how can I best prepare? You know, so I think listening to this ahead of time or even if you have had already a C-section and you're, you, you know, you want to learn more about it. Maybe it's three, four years ahead. Um, then, you know, hopefully this will tick all the boxes for you. Um, so I think we'll just roll with the first question, because the first question kind of covers the introduction of a, a cesarean. So can you tell us a little bit about what a C-section is, what the procedure is and what they cut through? How do they stitch, etc.? So this was a question come through from um, my social media, somebody who just, you know, didn't really know much about um, cesareans and wants to know what what happens.
1: So um, a C-section would take place either Um, in two ways either electively so you have got into the your third trimester of your pregnancy and you've started to have discussions about your birthing options and maybe it's because of you and how you want to approach that birth and that's your decision to decide to electively have a c-section or there might be something within that's happened in your pregnancy babies maybe breach or the other sort of things that have come up um, which would mean that the sort of maybe safer option for you and baby is to um, have some risks. The risks that are there with um, potentially giving birth are minimised or reduced as much as possible. Yeah. And um, and so that might be why an elective C-section comes about. Um, the other way to have a C-section would be from an emergency point of view in that you are maybe... Um, in labour maybe it hasn't progressed to active labour labor, or it has and for some reason baby is not going to come out vaginally so um, they then go for the emergency c-section option. Um, that doesn't always um, you know there, there can be different reasons as to why that emergency comes about and it can still be that you um some sort of more elective c-sections can still be classified as an emergency so you knew you were going to have a an elective um you maybe go into spontaneous labor and then it be, now becomes an emergency c-section so right. it can still be sort of emergency but it's you normally know, you've always known that that's what you're going to do um so the procedure is is that they will pop a line into your hand um they will um then do either a, an anaesthetic or a spinal um, epidural block. Um, they will catheterize you so that you have um, the, the sort of external catheter is acting as your bladder whilst you're under a general anaesthetic, anaset- an, an, an sorry. Um, and then you'll be laid flat. You'll probably have some sort of you will be numb from the waist down but you might have some some sort of feeling of stuff going on if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um which can feel a little bit odd and lots of women sort of say that is that you know they weren't as numb as they maybe thought they were but in terms of pain and complete feeling you will not be feeling what's going on but you might sort of feel a bit
0: of a tugging in that area I think some people sort of say it feels like a bit of a washing machine
1: yeah yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) um and and then it the whole sort of procedure generally takes about 30 to 40 minutes um, with the team of consultants, doctors, nurses, midwives um, sort of preparing you to have that baby and doing the incision um, and then the sort of stitching up afterwards. Um, depending on the state of baby, um, if baby has been in fetal distress which has led to the emergency c-section you may not get baby straight on top of you um, immediately afterwards. They might be taken away, but more often than not, babies sort of put on top of you and you can have this sort of beautiful birth, just as you might have done if you'd had a vagina delivery. Um, In terms of what they cut through, there are actually seven layers that they would um, cut through, which sounds a bit sort of scary, but it really isn't. (laughs) You've got your skin, which is the first layer. Underneath that, everyone will have a layer of adipose tissue, which is just basically fat. Then you've got your rectus sheath, which is the sort of cling film wrap almost that sits um, above the muscles. So those um, three incisions are made um, horizontally, if if you are having a horizontal incision. You can sometimes, normally the incision is sort of 10 to 20 centimeters long, sort of right down at the bikini line between your hip bones almost. Very occasionally, they might make a vertical incision from your sort of belly button down to that point or higher if they need it to. But I have seen one of those in my whole time um, and it's okay. very rare. Um, and you would probably have an idea that that might be happening if an elective C-section was gonna go ahead or if um, they started the emergency C-section, you would probably know that that was gonna be the incision they were gonna make. And why
0: sense. would that, why would they, do vertically instead of horizontal the
1: ones that I've heard of and seen as normally like a pre-existing medical condition right um or depending on you know abdomen and what's going on in there um or um previous surgery that has needed to be done that way and okay. they just went through the same incision so it is very rare um it can happen just so that you know um so the most normal most common one is the horizontal yeah um and those three top layers skin adipose rectus sheath are the, the horizontal incision then they get to the muscle bellies um and what they do is then go vertically through that muscle belly so they sort of um tear and rip as little as possible the sort of white connective tissue through the middle of those muscle bellies. So if the muscles are not actually cut. You have not got a cut through like your muscle bellies, if that makes sense. Then you reach two layers of the peritoneum, um, which is the sort of layer that sits over the uterus. And then they and they go vertically, back, um, horizontally, sorry, back through the, that layer. Then they find the uterus, they push the bladder out of the way to make sure that that stays as um, sort of, you know, um, get yeah, out of the way as possible um, and then baby is obviously within the uterus um and then normally most of the times the consultant is standing probably on the right side so baby is then sort of taken out on your right side um and that can sometimes that act of baby being taken out that way can sometimes create a little bit more trauma to that right side and they will will have often um when they go through the stitching up process, which they'll do two stitching up processes. They'll do the uterus to begin with and do those internal stitches, which are dissolvable. And then they um, bring everything back together and then they do the skin sort of stitches. Sometimes use staples, I have never seen staples, but again, depending on how they've done the surgery and and what they've needed to sort of bring back together, they may do staples, but the most common is dissolvable stitches. And they'll often tie that off on that right side. Amazing. yeah and then yeah babies um given to you and then you'll um yeah often stay in hospital for at least 48 hours I would say more likely to be four days worth often so if um it's always worth packing lots of stuff in your hostel bag um definitely if you know that you're going in for an elective um and definitely if you sort of um want to just have lots of stuff if you do have a c-section
0: Amazing. Thank you for that. I think that's really um really helpful and really informative just to just to know. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure the midwife actually tells you what's going to happen next, but sometimes it might not be the case if you know you are in active labour and there's just no time. It's you know, will you off, let's get this baby out type thing. So I think it's always important to know. I'm sure we'll come on to it as well, but I'm interested to know about the right hand side of the body, the Mm -hmm. trauma and the stitch that I think the you said the stitches finish on the right hand side, which may potentially cause some kind of tightness but you can you can tell me more about that later okay fantastic so the next question follows on quite nicely um and that was um what do you recommend patients do in those first few days and weeks post-op to help support um recovery so obviously if they're in you know in the hospital for a couple of days is there anything they can do there and then when they get home
1: um so the three sort of things that we'll go through and cover with this are your scar and looking after that your rest and making sure that you're um getting most of that and then your movements I think from my point of view they're the sort of things that you can really prioritize um so your scar will be dressed and looked at by the midwives in the hospital and very often that it will have a nice big quite thick quite what feels quite nice and supportive bandage over the top of it, which is waterproof. Um, And you may see that that scar is oozing into that bandage. There might, might be little spots of blood and things like that. And as long as it is sort of staying relatively dry and it doesn't look like that is struggling to sort of absorb what might be coming, just leaking out of that scar a little bit, then it's absolutely fine. You'll probably then have, have a health visitor when you leave hospital. It will all be checked before you leave hospital, but you might then have a health visitor visiting in the next few days who might then take that sort of top layer bandaging off and make sure that underneath it's, it, it's looking nice and dry and it's looking like it's going through that healing. Um, you Over the next few days, once that those sort of checks have been done, you want to then keep an eye on that scar as much as possible sometimes just because of your position of bending your head down to look at that part of your body it is quite hard and mm. so it's always worth maybe getting partners involved just to have a little look at it if they're happy to or getting them to take pictures of it so that you can sort of check up on it you want to try and avoid um it, it if it's becoming red sore um is has reopened is bleeding or looks like it's oozing any sort of Um, funny kind of discharge or anything like that in those first few days then just again speak to your health visitors or your GP just to make sure that it's not um, developing an infection or anything like that. Um, In terms of that scar if it's looking okay if it's feeling okay then um, that sort of support that the first bandage was giving you is actually quite nice to continue so you can buy some pants, which I'll put, I'll send you the link, Angie, to pop in the in the show notes about which have are quite nice and high waisted. So you want to wear sort of nice, loose fitting cotton um, clothes as much as you can, so that the area can breathe once the sort of bandages are down to the, uh, the minimum. Um, but sometimes you just feel like you want a little bit of support over it, and mm-hmm. these pants are have got sort of an, uh, a little like more supportive C-section type pad on the inside, a bit like compression, a little bit of a compression, yeah, um, but not too much, and they just give you that sort of nice, yeah, bit of compression basically. When you're, you can then apply that compression yourself. So if you know you're going to go to do your first poo, or you're going to cough, or you're going to sneeze. Um, you can sometimes feel quite vulnerable in that area um, particularly in those first few days and weeks and what I often would say to women is just take a pillow with you or a towel with you to the loo and just hug your hands over that area of your lower abdomen and the pillow or towel that you've got just to give you that sort of compression Um, and it just really makes that c-section just not feel so vulnerable if it's feeling a bit vulnerable yeah yeah In terms of your movement or your rest, um, you want to really prioritise rest for up to, I would say, sort of six weeks, really. Um, That does continue till about 12 weeks, but we'll go through the sort of six to 12 weeks, you can let your sort of foot off the brake a little bit. But if you think about any other recovery from any other operation, and this doesn't just apply to C-section either, vaginal deliveries, we really should be encouraging as much rest as possible. Um, so there's a general rule of thumb that I try to get people to follow, which is think about, um, laying like in bed or resting in bed for the first nought to two weeks. So in that time, get as much help from partners, from friends, from family as you can. Um, then you sort of want to think about your recovery being around the bed from two to four weeks. So you're going to be starting to do a little bit more, but not loads more. And then around the house for four to six weeks. Mm. Within that, there there is scope to, to you know start doing going out for a walk or going out for a coffee. So it's not like you're completely bedroom bound. bound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you you will be doing without you even realizing it. Showering, looking after baby, picking up baby are all acts of sort of physical exertion, which are like adding a little bit of a toll to those tissues that are just desperately trying to heal themselves and if you can have that sort of principle in place before you go into your postnatal recovery regardless of whether it's a c-section or not you are just going to optimize and that's the word I like to use with this recovery is like you want to get to six weeks and your recovery has been as optimal as possible Mm. and those tissues are then ready to say yeah let's go we can do a little bit more here um and that might then look like more of your sort of um movement or goal, you know actions towards your goals that you want your are your sort of postnatal goals if that makes sense
0: yeah i think um that's so helpful to know because i i heard an, an analogy somewhere that was like oh you know if you had a knee operation you would be forced to rest and you would probably listen but after having a you know a cesarean birth it's almost like oh no i can you know i can carry yeah. on and actually it is I don't want to say the word a serious operation, but it is an operation and Mm. you do need to recover from that. And I think it's important to know. And also for anyone listening to this, because I know previous me prior to giving birth, I would have been like two weeks in bed. Are you Mm. joking me? That's not happening. You will not spend two weeks in bed. The amount of rocking, nursing, shushing, you know, doing all of these things with your baby, there is you will not be sat, you know, lay in bed, but actually when you get chance, yeah. do you rest, because completely. you are just on the go from day one as a mum, even, you know, even though you, you can tell yourself, yeah, definitely going to rest, you're, you're just on the go, so it's really important to enforce that rest, I think, so,
1: completely. yeah, and it's just, it's, you know, you're right, It's it, it will move, it's two weeks, and then you just address the next two weeks, and then you address the next few weeks, so this is not a forever state, mm. it is 100% temporary, but you will thank yourself looking back at six weeks when you see, and you maybe go for a mummy MOT and they say, gosh, your scar is looking in such a good condition. Yeah. Then, and they say, you know, you can start to just gently start doing X, Y, Z. You'll think, Oh, thank God I've done that. And, and that's, that is what I see. You know, if I've seen somebody through their pregnancy, they know they're going to have a C-section and I say, you know, please just try and be as restful as possible I see them at six weeks and their scars are looking beautiful and often the ones that have just tried to push it a little bit too much we can you can sort of tell from that scar it's still a bit angry it's still a bit irritated and we have to keep the brakes on a little bit longer mm. to get them to a point where we can then start pushing it so in the long run it's going to improve and sort of shorten your overall recovery time.
0: Mm. And I know this is something I definitely did when I um, was in that early stage of recovery is there anything breath work wise that at somebody who's had a cesarean, can they can they do that from day dot? Can they start to Yeah. Ready? There's loads of things you can do
1: from day dot. And so I am like it within even though I've sort of said, you know, you're you're being very restful for those first six weeks, you remember you are moving around the house, you are going to be looking after a baby. There is really low level exercise that you can start doing. And the other thing that you want to sort of think about is from naught to 12 weeks really your focus point is about the mind muscle connection. Mm-hmm. So pregnancy, take the C-section or abdominal birth out of it. Pregnancy has altered um, your connection to all four aspects of your core cylinder and possibly other muscles as well, but predominantly all four aspects of your core cylinder. Your diaphragm is the top of that core cylinder. Your pelvic floor is the bottom. And we'll come on to why you're, you still need to think about your pelvic floor with C-section delivery your abdomen, your muscles at the front have stretched and lengthened and um, as a result of that pregnancy and then your back muscles and your posture has changed as well. So when something changes in our body, just like that analogy of needing to sort of get help and have physio after a knee operation, the reason we do that is because we know that that act of maybe the dysfunction leading to the knee operation and then the operation itself has changed how that knee is going to work. So we go to the physio and we say, great, I need to rehab this and improve this though there has been change to your abdomen and your core with the act of pregnancy so we then need to get your mind to say okay well where is that diaphragm and can I recruit it am I recruiting the right thing and can I work on that and then can I apply that as my intensity and my exercise increases same with the pelvic floor same with the abdomen so there is definitely things that you can do within those first six weeks which are low level enough that they're not going to sort of add to your total toll of irritation or um you know um an additional point of healing for your c-section to go through Um, and you can definitely start your postnatal recovery in those six weeks with the thought of being yeah mindful and reconnecting to muscles that are going to really be important for them as your movement gets harder amazing
0: so kind of just focusing on breathing into your cylinder as you say yeah I noticed a huge I remember lying on my bed like Eric had just fallen asleep and I was like right I'm gonna do some breath work and you know I tried to contract my pelvic floor and I was like where is it (laughs) it's gone obviously Mm -hmm. I had a vaginal birth so mine might might have felt a bit different who knows um to somebody who might have had a cesarean but it was just I was like I can't, like, I can't feel it. And it took a good week and a half for me to actually be able to reconnect and um, coordinate the breathing. I think the coordination, and I remember, and we'll come on to this in a minute, but when I went for my mummy MOT, I struggled with a little bit of the coordination of the relaxing. I could contract, but I couldn't relax, and it was a bit off kilter. Um, So, yeah. So let's move, let's go there. So obviously somebody who has had a C-section, rest and re- recover for the, f- the first sort of two weeks to six weeks. Um, Obviously, they might start feeling a bit better towards those six weeks. That's kind of where doctor comes in and does the, you know, sign you off type thing, which unfortunately isn't always helpful. Sometimes it is, but sometimes, you know, doctors aren't pelvic health phys- physios, so we can't blame them, essentially. um, There's no blame here. But anyway, I think it's really important to really encourage every woman if they can to have a mummy MOT um so what does that look like for somebody who's had a cesarean birth how might that differ to somebody who's had a vaginal birth what what sort of do you cover in that appointment
1: it actually doesn't cover all that much Uh just cover it doesn't differ all that much.
0: <laughs> we cover a lot
1: so, mm. so don't worry but I was going to say I
0: think my appointment was about an hour and a half so it was it was quite detailed yeah very detailed it is yeah between 60
1: to 90 minutes and you will more often than not get like a report sent to you with all of the advice that you've gone through in that appointment afterwards yeah. um it's very detailed whether you've had a vaginal delivery or an abdominal delivery um the In terms of looking at it from a C-section point of view, we will start with a a detailed history. So if I haven't met the women before, then I will spend probably 20, 25 minutes talking to them about their pregnancy, their pelvic floor symptoms. I still ask questions about their pelvic floor um, because it's a really important structure that has gone through change, um, regardless of the fact that you've had a C-section. and then we talk about um, your tummy, if you've noticed any change to your tummy, how your C-section has been feeling, your sort of aches and pains across your body, medical history, and your goals of what you want to achieve, you know, from the M- mummy MOT, but also longer term as well. Then I would get the woman up into standing. I would have just a look at their posture. Very often that posture has probably changed. What we particularly see with a C-section is that you're just not wanting to sort of stress that tissue um, if you think about how low the incision can be, we often move into a bit of a protective state. Um, and I think we often with a C-section forget how emotional that area of our body is. Um, you know, it's a very, yeah, it's a very sort of emotional area, not only just for from a point of view of like, society tells us we need to be thin and we need to have a nice flat tummy. So most of the time women, you know, that I see in their twenties, thirties, forties have probably been tummy grippers their whole life in a bid to just try and look like they're nice and flat through their tummy and they have a figure like you know element first or whatever it is <laughs> um and but also it's very close to our you know very intimate area our vulva and our vagina so it can we can go into this very subconscious like protective pattern um as a result of that c-section and we sort of you know protect it and guard it and, and roll forward in, in some ways so what I see with their posture is that C-section women don't necessarily want to open out through their abdomen or or tilt their pelvis back into that neutral position. They're more anteriorly tilted um, as a result of the pregnancy, but then that that, um, C-section as well. So we look at that. Then I'd look at your functional movements. How are you moving? Do you feel any sort of um, restriction through that C-section as you move? Um, I'd look at your hips and your pelvis. Is there any tension in those hips? Is there any tension in that pelvis? Then I'd have a look at your breathing. As we said, that changes your abdomen. So is there any presence of a diastasis in your tummy? Um, And then I'd have a good look at the C-section as well. See how that is. Has it fully um, knitted back together? Are there any scabs that are still there? Is there any source of infection? Sometimes it hasn't been looked at by the GPs at six weeks. Sometimes, you know, we can't get a good look at it and create a bit of an advice plan on, on what I'm seeing there. Um, and then um, look at how you're doing a pelvic floor squeeze through your tummy, and then offer the possibility of having an internal examination, which is not essential, but it um, can help us ascertain how that muscle is working. And again, as that bigger picture of that coordination of the whole core, um, is it working well with all those other muscles? And then I would normally sit back, get down, go through some treatment, um, know go through what we need to do with the c-section if we if that's needed and then um follow follow up with a a sort of email of advice and things like that
0: okay great and would you do you see a difference in a um, emergency c-section to a a planned elective c-section would you see i don't know a difference in the pelvic floor or you know if somebody's gone through active labor to then be rushed in would the? Can you see what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yes,
1: you can sometimes see a difference. Um, sometimes there's a difference in the incision that's been made. Um, you know, it might not be um, you know, as straight or something like that. Largely, I would say the appearance of what it looks like, you know, six months down the line, is 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 not that different. If that makes yeah. sense. But in those First six to twelve weeks, the difference I would often see is that there has been, because of um a potential um, you know, uh vaginal delivery having been attempted, the tissue in and around your pelvis, pelvic floor included, have gone through um some sort of yep. for want of a better word, like trauma, if that makes sense, or just Stretchy. have gone through yeah have gone through yeah. that stretch have gone through the process of trying to have that vagina delivery yeah um so your lower abdominal tissues and maybe your pelvic floor tissues have had an experience if that makes sense of mm. something that that uh, somebody that has had an elective c-section and hasn't had that haven't had so the tissue is in a bit when when it's been an elective c-section even though there has been that trauma through the incision um that the other tissues are sort of quite relaxed then you know they haven't had that experience so the sort of healing time frames with an emergency c-section may just be a little bit longer mm. um, and so you maybe just need to be a little bit more mindful that you really do need to try to make sure that by six weeks that c-section is looking as good as possible um, and be a little bit more mindful about being restful you're also probably quite tired and <laughs> your state of fatigue and all of that feeds into massively how the body then recovers Mm -hmm. so that's the other benefit is like with an elective you maybe have you might not have been sleeping all that well you know you've probably got a lot on your mind baby's not you're not being able to get into a good comfortable position but you have probably had a good night's sleep before you've had that elective c-section and you haven't been you know gone you haven't gone through this almost endurance event of trying to attempt vaginal delivery before you get to the c-section so Mm -hmm that is the, is a massive one as well it's like how rested that tissue is
0: basically mm. and i know we sort of picked up on the word trauma as well and i know having worked with a few clients who have had emergency c sections one client in particular i'm thinking of and i know she'll probably listen to this is mm. she experienced a lot of um emotion After having the birth that she did, because she didn't quite expect it, and it was quite traumatic and it was very upsetting, and she kind of grieved her, you know, sort of planned birth, and it was very emotional. And what she found was, and she did go and see a pelvic health physio, that actually her scar was very, very sensitive. It almost made her upset to touch it. So there's lots of emotion that can happen around this area, which we kind of know that, you know, emotions are um, not attached to the hips, but we carry our emotions in Manifest. our hips. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you sort of touch upon that? You know, what potentially if somebody did go through quite a, I don't like using the word the word traumatic, no. but yeah. forgive me for a better word, how how best could that person sort of, you know, nurture their their scar and nurture that part of their body, do you think?
1: Uh, I think it's yeah
0: we do see it and you're right that I don't
1: like using the word trauma as well but it from a sort of cellular point of view that's more what I was using it as if that makes sense but you're right it it can you know be the process if your birth has not gone to plan is and can be traumatic and I think physios are great but when we are not trained in helping you somewhat from necessarily from a sort of mental health point of view um All hospitals um, should offer birth debriefs and sometimes you can't access or you can't, you know, get that until sort of um, three to six months post birth. Um, But I would definitely advise them to sort of follow up on that. Some women leave it, you know, a year, some women leave it 18 months. But it's quite useful to sort of when you're in the right space to be able to unpick that, do that, because it sometimes gives you some answers. But it also might allow you to plan for if there is going to be another birth or if that's in your sort of what you want to do, have an idea of what's happened. So you c- it can then shape what you then want to happen in the future. Yeah, There are some amazing charities. Um, Pandas is really good. Um, they're in, they're in Bristol, there's this charity called Bluebell. Um, and mothers for mothers and there's some just really great charities out there who can help you with some talking therapy about you know what's gone on and yeah and just uh, and just give you that advice and support that way but also um if if it's a concern for you know you and, and you're listening and you think this sounds similar to me just even knowing that you are feeling that way is is your first step in knowing that you know you want to um Recover from that. But from a physical point of view, you just like you said, Angie, just like even starting with touching the area can be a really amazing first step in just reconnecting with that area. Like I said, it's a hugely emotional area. We hold lots of tension and we hold lots of emotion in that area. But I would just advise like fully clothed within it within the first few weeks, and it doesn't even need to be within the first few weeks, in the first few months. Lie on the floor work on your breathing to begin with and then just place your hands over your clothes on top of that c-section and just start noticing the heat how it feels you know just think about your hands being in that area and then week by week month by month you could take a layer of that clothing off and until the point that your hands in contact with your skin and then you could start doing things like stroking the area touching the area maybe some light massage just so that your brain again reduces that disconnection that might be happening and starts reconnecting and knowing that you've got that part of your body and how it moves and how it feels and that's really important process to start
0: amazing thank you um okay so the next question it might jump ahead a bit so if you want to kind of claw it back a little bit then that's absolutely fine the next question was what does the return to exercise timeline look like for somebody who has had a c-section birth but i was thinking probably don't want to think too far ahead yet probably more along to what uh, along with what you you were just talking about in terms of scar Your you know nurturing your scar maybe a bit of scar massage so can you tell us a little bit more about the return to exercise sort of protocol and those early days to then further ahead.
1: Yeah, so we've talked talked a lot about those sort of first six weeks and everything that we've spoken about, you can apply to the first six weeks. So movement can definitely happen, but just be mindful about how much you're doing and how much you're naturally doing anyway. So I would generally have a rule of thumb of thinking not to six weeks, rest is the big word within that phase and you are encouraging and optimizing your rest and your recovery. Um, You can move, you can do your breathing, you can connect with your scar. I wouldn't start any c-section massage at that point because the scar will be, will will be unlikely to have sort of properly tethered and will be robust enough to cope then with massage. Um, So just again, prioritize healing for that scar too. Um, But, and then between six to 12 weeks and almost sort of again the naught to 12 week point what you're thinking of is like setting your foundations so um the not to six weeks rest is part of that foundation but you can make some mindful connections with your muscles and then six to 12 weeks you're doing you can return to a more generic type of movements and things like that um you can return to things like your squats but again it's not going to be with any load Um, And it's the priority is going to be returning to like good form um, and really good um, applied connection with your core with those movements. Mm -hmm. Um, They are going to be lower load movements. You know, your core movements won't seem like what they did um, before. Um, And the focus is really, yeah, what do you feel? How is things moving? And a mummy MOT at that six week mark will really help you to guide you in knowing what that will look like you can't get to one if you don't have one at six weeks don't panic there is no like wrong time to be having a mummy mot but and so if you haven't had one you just want to know that you can take your foot off the brake a little bit from six to 12 weeks but you are still in a very very acute stage of healing by 12 weeks Mm -hmm. Um, and you can still sort of unravel that hard work you put in by just pushing it a little bit too much so mm-hmm. just keep your foot on the brake a little bit but just you know know that you can back off so that's your sort of foundation phase the next phase after that I always think of it like a triangle so you're creating this lovely foundation of this pyramidal triangle then the next phase after that you're applying all of those lovely movement patterns that you've picked up in those first six weeks um or six to 12 weeks you're um you can load them a little bit more and again you want to be making sure that your um, c-section is telling you that it's quite happy there's no pain there's no discomfort your pelvis is telling you that it's happy and your pelvic floor is telling you that it's happy um and you can start sort of pro- progressing on from there um and then it just sort of goes on like that for then you know the next few months after that you are still there is still recovery happening um in that c-section so it will be sort of robust enough to cope with Um, sort of day-to-day stress by definitely 12 weeks as long as the healing's been okay but it's still going through a healing process up until six weeks that's six months and even up until 18 months it's still remodeling in terms of the collagen that it's putting down and how it's sort of remembering how to work with the rest of your bodies and that so it's a long process but you'll probably feel a lot more normal by about six months um and you know you just but you just have to be mindful that it's still going through those changes for that length of time and that's any scars not just your c-section
0: and is there anything that's an absolute no in terms of you talked about sort of gentle movements of squats and bodyweight exercises i'm guessing like banded exercises is there anything that's an absolute no for somebody who's had a c-section if anyone's listening to this going okay i can start doing some bodyweight stuff but is there anything that they just should not be doing
1: i would definitely encourage um everyone to sort of roll onto their side and take that lower easier sort of abdominal way out of movements up until at least 12 12 weeks a definitely. bit like you do in
0: pregnancy really a hundred percent
1: yeah um and again it might it's maybe not often because there's a diastasis or there's are they're coning or doming like their actual abdomen function might be supporting them really well with that movement but you're just stressing that sort of um abdominal tissue and the the muscles even though again they haven't had an incision through them you're just asking a little bit more of them and potentially sort of disrupting that healing process so for as long through that 12 week pro cycle the odd sit up in bed when you're trying to get baby out of bed or things like that is absolutely fine um but just try and try and be mindful of that for the, the 12 weeks and mm. then Again, just sort of in terms of your return to more high-load abdominal exercises, just have that reassessed. You know, if you've seen a mummy emoji at um, six weeks, have that reassessed around the sort of twelve-week mark or four-month mark um, to just make sure that your C-section is able to cope with the sort of higher-level stuff that you're wanting to progress back into.
0: Okay, amazing. Thank you. Um. Okay, so next question was, what is normal? further down the line in terms of recovery like from six months to a year onwards so this this naturally flows perfectly um would that person because obviously you've mentioned there sort of the scar would be fully healed by about 18 months so from Mm -hmm. that six month part Mark onwards. What what can that person expect? And I'm I'm interested to hear this because I'm at the four and a half month mark, and obviously I had a vaginal birth. And I was having a conversation with Brad about this yesterday, and I said, I feel like mentally and physically I could push myself, but Mm -hmm. what I'm feeling and getting feedback from my body is not yet. There's certain things that it's telling me, such as I fatigue very quickly in certain things, and I can still feel a little bit of a pull in my belly button on certain things. So even though yeah mentally and physically I kind of feel there certain things and also in my pelvis occasionally it will like click this way and I'm like mm, that's not the same. So for somebody who has been into fitness her entire life I could quite easily now go and smash a workout but I know what would happen from that you know I would disrupt my recovery as such so I think this is important to know because for a lot of people they might not do anything postpartum they might Mm -hmm. have a c-section recover bed rest go out for walks go you know to mummy meetups and that's that and then six months later go oh I'm ready to go back to the gym now go to the gym do what they did before and then there's this kind of yeah there's it doesn't flow as such so there's probably two questions in there what can somebody expect from six months onwards and if somebody didn't do the recovery early postpartum what should they then do at that point
1: yeah so it's almost like sort of almost taking the c-section out of this in some ways you um you know your tissue and, and maybe using you as an example Angie you're you were fit in your pregnancy you were fit before your pregnancy um but the tissue was fit in your pregnancy because it was adapting to your change in your posture your change in your biomechanics now postnatally that tissue has yeah you've given it that really good rest um, and recovery like you know you were told to do um and you probably you probably body felt like it needed to do it's now getting to the point where you've started loading it and the tissue's sort of saying yeah this feels more like what i'm used to um but it is not quite there yet. Mm. And just like if you were, um, there was a really good analogy. I was um, managing a really high level athlete at the moment. And there was one of her physios was on the call and she sort of used this analogy of, you know, you've got the um, engine of a Ferrari at the moment. So, and that's both mentally and in terms of your cardiovascular sort of fitness, but you've probably got the chassis of a mini (laughs) and (laughs) That Mini will, as we go through, and go through each month, each week, the Mini will become more robust and turn from a Mini to a Ferrari. But if you were to put a Ferrari engine in the Mini, the whole chassis would just fall apart. And we need to be mindful of that, that mentally you are there because you're active, because you're sporty, because it's always been what you've known. But if we're not building this sort of chassis back together, piece by piece, tension by tension, sort of strength by strength, then you're just that that mini and Ferrari might get somewhere down the road whether that's six months worth of you know pushing it to um to its limit but it's probably not going to get to where you want to for the rest of your life if that Mm. makes sense so you have to think about your long-term gains for this and take away that sort of short-term I I know I can push it and I want to know what it feels like and just sort of like let that simmer down a little bit um, yeah. and know that you're what you're doing is for your long-term you know pelvic health fundamentally c-section scar health and your you know your long-term health in general
0: yeah okay um so if somebody had done the postpartum recovery what should they be doing or what could they do from six months on could they return to what they were doing before but just gently build you know still focus on not overdoing it basically
1: 100 yeah. percent, yeah so um yeah like there is you know i I'm, I'm a physio that does not like to put sort of somebody into a bracket of thinking oh you've had a baby now so you have to reduce your expectations of what your body can give you everything is achievable but we just need to make sure that we are, have a plan and action to get to that end point mm. and we're doing it in a way that is um you know progressive and loaded basically um, so if it's that you know you want to be as strong as you once were Angie and you are lifting you know however much you were lifting 100% but I would probably set you realistic expectations and say that might not happen until the 12 month mark it may not happen until the 18th month mark it may not happen until the 2 year mark but you will get there but you just have to be progressive and be listen to your body basically mm. so uh,
0: go on what were you going to say
1: well I, I just think it's like you know what your normal further down the line in terms of recovery will be is expect your normal to have changed, but also don't sort of bracket it as that's going to be forever. I, this sort of your postnatal forever phrase, I don't really like. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think it's completely true. Once you've had a baby, you've always had a baby, but why do you need to, when can you get into that non-postnatal class? And when can you feel back like you? Um, and there will be a point where that is possible, 100%. And that might be at six months. But you're still almost a beginner in that non-postnatal class or state, if that makes sense. And you still have this process of building
0: that back up. Mm, absolutely. And also, I think there was a study done on, and it, this might have been for for vaginal births, I'm not sure, study done on athletes, or it was talked about somewhere that actually a lot of women felt stronger postpartum because they had gone through birth and they had you know pushed their body to the max and I think I don't know if you watched who dares wins um celebrity SAS Fern McCann was in it and she was like I'm a warrior type thing because she was like I've given birth to my child and that is the hardest thing you know I took my body to the max and I know I can do anything and it almost makes you feel you know more capable again I hold my hand up. I had a vaginal birth. I don't know if that's the same for a cesarean birth. It might be. It might be. Do you know what? I birthed this baby, you know, I went, you know, and I've recovered from it. The one other thing that I was going to mention, I think, because this is something that I have to keep reminding myself. Whilst we talk about, you know, you are so many weeks postpartum, you can do this. What you actually have to remember is you've also had nine months of a pregnancy. And this, this occurred to me the other day, because I was Uh, I just did my first set of hip thrusts with a barbell and I didn't do them in my first trimester. I just didn't feel comfortable. I know you can, but that was me. And when I loaded the bar, I thought, I haven't done this for a year and it's not, Oh, you know, a, a year ago, I was, you know, hip thrusting 80 kilos. Um, I'll get back to that quickly. It's, you know, I, my body has gone through nine months of change, a vaginal delivery, early recovery, And now we're here. And it's like, you know, reminding yourself of that, I think is really helpful because that, Mm. I don't know, for me personally, I'm like, okay, my body has changed over nine months, it's now changed a little bit here. So I can't expect to do the same as I was you know, prior pregnancy, because I actually have changed quite a lot in my pregnancy as well. Mm-hmm. I found that helpful. Some people might not, but I've yeah. I've always found that helpful. Completely.
1: And I think going back to the pelvic floor question, which I don't feel like I answered properly. but that, Yes,
0: that, I forgot the, to ask that, actually. The pregnancy is
1: the biggest thing that changes the pelvic floor. So you've had nine months of that baby sitting and your pelvic floor gradually over those nine months saying, oh, God, there's something heavy sitting above me. I'm having to readjust to that. So, yes, you're completely right. Like, I think we often think, OK, well, I'm six weeks postnatal now, therefore I must be back to normal like that. But it's yeah. like, look at how different your body was six weeks ago to, you know, six weeks before that, to six weeks before that. Like how why are we expecting women to just be back to where they are um, or where they were? within such a short time frame when we don't apply those same time frames to any other part of healing in medicine anywhere else if that mm-hmm. makes sense so yeah i think it's that's really good advice
0: Yeah, and you just touched upon that. So I'm going to ask that question, actually, because somebody, a follower did message me and say, how does having a C-section affect the pelvic floor? Exactly. I didn't bother doing any pelvic floor exercises after my birth as I had an emergency C-section. But I saw on one of your posts that all women should do some sort of exercise with their pelvic floor after birth. But I can't understand why if I had a C-section. So I think this is a really good question because, this actually came up in a, a mummy meetup the other day where I, I was chatting with some other mums and another mum mentioned, oh, I had a C-section, so I don't need to do any pelvic floor exercises. So can you talk about that myth and uh, bust it?
1: <laughs> yes. So there's been some really good research recently. I think there was a study in 2018 and more recently in 2021 where they found that the biggest effect on the pelvic floor is the pregnancy itself, not how you deliver. There will obviously be changes to um, your pelvic floor if you do deliver vaginally as well. But um, yeah, the biggest sort of fatiguing element of um, either way to deliver is actually the pregnancy. So um, every woman needs to be able to know how to do their pelvic floor exercises and be doing them on a regular basis. If you are pregnant, you should be doing them up to three times a day. That's what the current evidence says. I think once a day is probably enough. And if you're postnatal, you should be reconnecting with it, which can take a few weeks, both like you felt and you vaginally, it can take a few weeks to really get that connection. But also same in terms of the C-section, because if you think about you've had that baby sitting on top, so you've had quite good feedback on how you feel that muscle working. As soon as baby is no longer there, you've like almost lost that. You're like, oh, I was lifting, you know, quite heavy weight before and now I'm not. So is that the right thing to be doing? So it can disrupt it a little bit. You'll also, what we find with C-section is that more often than not, there might be an overactivity in that muscle. Um, Why that is, we're not quite sure, but I would sort of wonder whether because you've had that incision just above your pelvic floor, your pelvic floor up until the point that you maybe have that pelvic floor assessed has maybe sort of said, Oh, something's changed above. I've, we've lost a little bit of that control above, above me. So why don't I just hug a little bit tighter Mm -hmm. and it might, replace the support that we're now no longer having up there if that makes sense so more often than not there is an overactivity in c-section pelvic floors um, and i think that's just because of a sort of uh, response to having had that incision and having had nine months of baby sitting on top of it and it tightening as a result of that um, so yes pelvic floors are very important and I'll, I'll send you again the link to my free pelvic floor pdf that you can download from
0: the website Amazing that would be really helpful. Would you find that you know, this is a very sweeping statement but a lot of people who are active and have c-sections often have maybe too much tension in their pelvic floor due to maybe you know cl- that that clench of I've got to protect this area and then trying to do pelvic floor exercises so we're getting tighter. Do you see that a lot? It just depends. It really depends on somebody's awareness of that pelvic floor if they've
1: been proactive in their pregnancy they've found out how to do their pelvic floors they know what their contract is they know how to relax it then more often than not they'll maintain that postnatally it just so depends on your awareness of that area and you know uh, and it is it, that it, both of those things are sort of sweeping statements so it's, it is very individual um, and you can have really strong women that have got good awareness of their pelvic floors you have really strong women who have got no awareness of their health flaws and actually don't seemingly have any feeling of that strength. So yeah, it's just in individual. So the best
0: thing to do is just get checked basically. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Let's move on. Um, next question which again is a very popular question can you get rid of a post c-section tummy pouch so this uh client actually um used the word pouch not to me but it's a it's a common word that I see quite a lot on social media so can you tell us more about that
1: yeah so it does happen um and you often see that the sort of there's this lip of sort of skin adipose tissue that sort of sits above that c-section line um it's definitely something that can be worked on there are a few reasons as to why it happens the things that i would sort of work on are how that scar is looking so massage can really help with breaking down some of the tension and adhesions in that scar if there have been any bit built up um, and help the sort of you want almost the skin and all of the different layers underneath uh, where that scar is to sort of move more normally, like the skin above and the skin below moves. Um, the use of silicon, which we haven't touched on yet, is really good as well for the um for helping with scars. It's very well medically evidence based, and what and it's used often in other scar recovery around our body. Um, and again, it just is something that hasn't been spoken about much in terms of C section recovery, but um. What it does is you can apply it as a sort of plaster almost, and the back of the plasters um, has silicon in it. And that um, deeply the release of the silicon into through the skin deeply hydrates all the different layers of that new C-section um, scar. And that then helps to remodel, break down, you know, um, or remodel the tissues there and make it nice and soft, and often change a sort of firmer-looking scar into a softer one and help with the sort of appearance of the red scar that you, tissue that you get to more sort of normal skin colored. And you can use that for months and up, you can apply it at any point, even if you're sort of six, eight, nine months post C-section, you can still try it, but and I would use it for up to sort of three, four months maybe. Okay, amazing. Um, um, but the biggest thing I would say that contributes to the pouch, so this condition of the scar is really important and whether you're doing any of those things. But also I often think of it, and there's new new evidence to suggest this, that it often is, one of the contributing factors might be that the area underneath the scar, so where your glutes, where your hip flexors are, and all of those leg muscles is an area of high tone. And the tissue above the scar, your abdominal tissue, has gone through that change in pregnancy, has been stretched, you might be fearful of loading that tissue and is therefore an area of low tone so you've got this very very tight sort of tissue underneath and then this low tone tissue above and what you've got is this sort of almost like the low tone tissue spilling over the high tone tissue and the c-section sort of makes that barrier if that makes sense Mm. so what i often get women to really work on doing is um, stretching releasing working on the mobility through the hips you'll probably Um, have been sitting a lot because you've been breastfeeding you've possibly in your pregnancy haven't been moving through through your thoracic all that much so your general mobility and how you're moving your body's moving is different Um, and you're maybe gathering all of that tension in that area and then really work on making sure that you're if you're safe to do so starting to load that abdominal tissue to change like the tension across that tummy and work on those two things so mobilize and then don't be fearful of loading that abdominal tissue if mm. it's safe for you to do so
0: thank you really helpful and those um silicon what did you say they were called silicon silicon
1: strips or silicone? like yeah plasters or you can get it in like um creams and things like that
0: would somebody who was quite a few years postpartum be able to use that or is there would the tissue be too sort of healed as such to have
1: Worth a go. I mean, I would say there's probably about a two-year limit to it. Okay. Um, but you, you know, you're not going to come to any harm by trying it, but you're probably less likely to see the benefit. Um, but it's definitely worth a go.
0: Okay, perfect. And we mentioned, um, I'm just cautious of time now because I think we're running <laughs> no. into an hour. But um, we mentioned at the start that obviously the uh, surgeon will take the baby out from the right hand side and then stitch back up from left to right. So you know kind of knotting at the end of the right hand side do you notice that people are tighter on the right hand side perhaps hold more tension on the right hand side
1: yeah generally even if that the, the tension can also happen as a result of maybe which leg they're more dominant on where they may be holding baby so if you're if you're more dominant in those muscles then it may well be tethering and pulling that side of the c section as well but I would say it's often like the right side is so common that the only sort of common ver- uh, like um, factor with it is that this, this consultant was probably on that side and as maybe sort of been dragged out that scar, that part of the scar has had to open a little bit more. So there was maybe a bit more tension there. So yeah, maybe focusing a little bit more on stretching through those hip flexors, stretching through those glutes, stretching through that like, your QL and your, um some of your obliques and things like that can just really help to settle some of that um tension down as well early
0: postpartum and would you be able to do those uh, certain stretches at all or would you stay away from stretching completely
1: gentle I mean you wouldn't go into a deep hip flexor stretch but you could you could definitely start mobilizing and particularly working on your thoracic mobility some like gentle like quad and hip flexor stretches And some glute stuff, definitely. Um, And that's what you can definitely do within those first six weeks is like low load, very, very reconnecting with the core in a very, very low load way. Um, Almost just, you know, engagement with like hands and knees on the floor or just sitting, whatever. And then some really gentle mobilization stuff. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Um, Okay. And then the final question is, um, are my core muscles much weaker because I've had two cesareans?
1: Uh, I'll keep this quick. So I am mindful that we, <laughs> but um not necessarily because of the C-section. So think about the fact that the pregnancy has probably put the biggest change through your abdominal tissue um, and that the C-sections haven't cut through those muscles. They have created a change to your abdominal tissue 100%. Um, but I would say it's more, have you between the two pregnancies and two C-sections, have you actually, um, we try to return some of that core strength back into that tissue um and and are you now sort of like two pregnancies down and that tissue is just sort of saying well you know I've, ha- I've had this massive change so I wouldn't say it's not recoverable you just need to start start low and have a plan of action to build up through and build that core awareness through that. perfect
0: thank you thank you apologies if that <laughs> if that was uh, a bit too long for everyone to listen to hopefully you've broken it down if it was mm-hmm. um i sometimes listen to podcasts in 15 minute chunks um that was amazing and i think that we went into so much detail and i think we could probably chat for another hour on all sorts of uh, extra topics to do with the c-section but if anybody does have any questions in particular are they able to contact you and how could they contact you rosie
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, my Instagram handle is may underscore physiotherapy. Um, you can always send me a message on there. I always reply to them or, you know, write them on my post or whatever. Um, I've got a website, which is www.mayphysiotherapy.com and you can message me on there too. Um, yeah, so I'm more than happy to answer any questions from this
0: podcast. Perfect. Um, is there any are there any sort of final words that you have for anybody listening to this who's potentially had a C-section or planning one or might have one? Is there anything that you would final words that you would leave somebody?
1: I would say if it's if it's an idea of you deciding between the two, then you're you're doing all the right things to be exploring like both options. All delivery and all birth has pros and cons to it. And it's whatever is right for you. Um, If you have had a C-section and you're recovering and you're not feeling quite yourself, then please do seek um, the help from a pelvic health physio. There's a really good register either through the Mummy MOT website um, of registered physios or through our sort of chartered body called the CSP. But our sort of smaller body is called the POGP. (laughs) Um, And on that, we have a directory of all of the NHS and private physios who would be able to help you so yeah if in doubt please
0: do seek some help with it amazing thank you so so much everything that you've covered and said that you're popping the show notes i will add to the show notes and also your instagram handle and website as well so thank you so much for coming on today and if you did find that helpful please don't forget to like subscribe and share this podcast and tag us in it too um thank you so much thanks angie and just a final note from me, Angie, um, I just wanted to say that you, you've listened to that podcast and found it really helpful, but now you know you don't know where to start in terms of your C-section recovery, please don't hesitate to get into contact with one of us, uh, either, either myself, Angie, or Rosie. What I've found being early postpartum myself, I'm around four months whilst I record this, is people, well, women do not ask for help enough, um, and there is help out there, like with Rosie or with myself. So please don't hesitate to drop us a message. Have a look at the show notes. Um, There's links to both of our profiles in the show notes. If you're looking for a workout program that's gonna help support you postnatally, postpartum, then, I have a programme that does do this. Uh, It's part of the Peach Club membership that I have, which is £30 a month. You also get a seven-day trial. So if that's something that you kind of want to start doing, you want to start exercising again after having a baby and you don't know where to begin, um, please do drop me a message. I'd love to hear from you. And also, I'd love to hear um, your thoughts on this podcast episode, whether it was helpful or not. Reach out to us, let us know. Anyway, have a great day and thank you for listening.